0: You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. And welcome, folks, to another week. Yes, here at Dublin South FM Radio. As you know, uh, this is the new season. We've done two shows so far in this new season, and it's really sort of asking questions. And, you know, healthy debate, I always believe, is very important, but it's very one-sided at the moment. And the one thing that's springing up in my mind is... Silence offers consent. And that's the worrying thing. That is the most, you know, frightening thing because we see things being happened. We know that, let's call people psychopaths. You know, psychopaths will push, 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 push. It's in their nature. They will keep on going until they're stopped. And what's happening in this country at the moment is that people are pushing and everybody is saying nothing. And by saying nothing, you're offering consent. And it's really going to, you're going to wake up one day screaming out of this nightmare and go, what the hell has happened? We're all in it together. We all are offering consent. So as you know, the last two weeks, we've been talking to people who have been asking questions for a very long time. And again, this week, we have Joe Patterson on. Uh, Joe is in the building trade. And as we all know, in the building trade, if you look at foreign investment that's coming into the building trade at the moment, or into, say, example, Dublin, 95% of that is Chinese investment. And now of the Chinese investment, most of that, or I would say a lot of it, is CCP, Communist China Party. Yes, I said it. And they are buying it all up and we are selling it to it. You know, A nation is being ripped apart, stripped apart. And lots of other things are going on in this country as well at the moment. Again, I keep saying this, our silence is consent. We need to change this. We need to have a voice. We need to talk. We need to say enough is enough. Ask questions, get involved, and understand how you can save your nation as well. Joe, how are you? Good morning, Joe. Good great, to see great you. Great to have you on. Great to have Thank you on. Thank you. Thank you. Joe, you've been flying the flag for a long time, beating your head against the wall. Um, I spoke to a few people about your progress and where the road that you've walked. When did the frustration start for yourself um, in this process of figuring out what was going on in their country?
1: Probably, Joe, maybe 15 years now, being on sites and watching what was going on and Watching the massive division between different areas in society and on that end of it, I have to say that successive governments have played a fantastic game in that they have not alone have the country divided, they now have families divided and that is really, really sad
0: yeah it's you know it's as i say divide and conquer and i i also see it that both sides of everything is playing into the ruler's hand and that's what they want and i come to believe now if we all just turned our back and you know said no things would change rapidly but we don't but you you mentioned you know 15 years ago and in the building trade what was it is is it costs that are going up and and even today the cost of stuff the price of materials are going up like you know, we're speaking to a truck driver who, uh, haul you're there uh, the other day, and we're speaking to someone in logistics as well. And, you know, there's a shortage of 100,000 truck drivers in, in Europe. I yeah. know that there's, there's ports are closing. I know factories are closing because freight has gone from 2,000 to 20,000. And in some cases, even up to 24,000. Mm. So there is going to be a supply problem. And that's all because of you know, Brexit, it's called a lockdown. There's multiple other reasons, but that's today. But 15 years ago, we didn't have any of that. So tell us what sparked it for you and what did you realize and what have you been banging your head against the wall for 15 years?
1: Well, Joe, it's it's very, very simple in that the first thing that has to be done, just take the construction industry for a start. First of all, you have to identify all the players involved in the construction industry. And you have to line them from the top to the bottom in in, uh, order of importance. Now, we were uh, subcontractors on some of the biggest sites in the country. And if you were to come along and start from top to bottom, the subcontractor was always the bottom. But the truth of the matter was that the subcontractor was the guy that hired the workers to provide all the services on site. Now, When push came to shove, I remember in 2008, we first of all got a sting of over 100,000 in a company going into liquidation. You had no protection whatsoever with that. And then you come along in 2008 and you were told, well, look, we mightn't be building for a little while yet just to see what happens. Now at this stage, you could have 20 or 30 people working for you. So you ended up with 30 people, no work and nowhere to go. And everyone else morphed into some form of, of other employment or another. But you were the one that was doing the building, building the homes and doing the whole lot. In other words, you were the expert on site. You had engineers, quantity surveyors and what have you. And all those were looked on as necessary on site. Whereas the people that were really necessary weren't looked like that. Now, When the bailout came, the builders were bailed out and most of them are back in production again. The subcontractors were literally sold out because you have to remember they had to raise funding to employ these people. And in a lot of cases, they put their homes and property that in a lot of cases was no money owed on on the line to keep people working. So in reality, the only crime you were guilty of was creating employment. Now, you were left with 30 workers or whatever, with no work, no ability to pay anything. Your home was in danger. All your machinery and everything else had to be sold. And the workers, naturally enough, they got redundancy and whatever, but they left the country. They went to America, Canada, England and everywhere, for which they are now very successful. And the laughable thing about it is that I remember one night watching the news where Andy Kenny was talking about bringing these people back. The only way you'd bring them back is at gunpoint. Why would you want to come back into a situation where you're treated like dirt? It's physically impossible to get paid. Uh, and that's the situation. These people will not do that anymore. And they're leaving sites daily at the moment. And they're going into a very buoyant domestic economy that's there at the moment, where if you're doing the job, you get 50% up front and you get 50% when you're finished. Where on site, you're looking at 30 to 60 days to get paid. Now, I just want to emphasise here, Joe, that there are some fantastic builders out there that were there throughout the the boom and the bang and were totally honourable. And they are there today and they are not looking for workers because they still have them. But the ones that rip people off and destroyed lives are gone.
0: Yeah, but look, from a consumer point of view, looking at the whole industry, you know, you see that everybody wants a house, but we also see that, you know call it the celtic tiger which we were all consenting to and wonderful and brilliant because we were all you know well celtic tiger passed me by but everyone else yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know the mindset of the consumer is that builders are greedy and yeah. the you know the the price of houses the price of land the price of houses and you know they're all making a book and it's ridiculous that, you know, uh, a brickie will get a thousand pound a week for, for laying for laying bricks and everyone else in other jobs are, are not getting it. Look, at th- this is what people are talking about. You know, and yeah. it's, it's greed, 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 greed. You know, a, a very wise man once said to me, there's always money in bricks and mortar. Yeah. Always in it. You know, the prices, we know that there was a drop in them go down. But, you know, you, the, the subbies and the guys are coming in are the ones that are working who who have businesses who were who were hit hard in this who yeah. probably still owe thousands and thousands and thousands of money still today yeah. from the last bust on it. Yeah. But if it's a system that's driven by greed, right? Demand and greed, what am I missing? What am I missing here?
1: Well, Joe, I'm absolutely delighted that you made that point because it's like a lot of things in Ireland regarding different things that happen and are going on on a daily basis. It's just down to lack of knowledge and two people talking and it uh, they tell a story which is completely wrong that gathers uh, momentum from one group to another. Yeah. Now, once again, I remember reading a book one time and it was Harry H.S. Dent. And he was on about demographics that every government needs to know how many people will need a car in 10 years time, how many people will need a home in 20 years time. And that way you come along and you build the infrastructure to provide all these things. Now, you take a look at the boom when every town in Ireland had five or six massive car dealerships on the way into it. And the first thing that went naturally enough was all the car dealerships. There are now breweries on one thing or another. But the question, Joe, that has never been asked, and the people need to know this, is you take, for instance, uh, Joe, say you won the lotto last night. Wow. And you, well done. You have 10 million and you say, well, look, at there's a fortune in building. I'm going to start building. So you decide to build 50 houses. Now, the first thing you're going to have to pay there is around £2 million for the site. That's an upfront payment plus VAT. Then you have to go through the red tape and the strings and everything else regarding getting planning permission. Right, you get planning permission and you get planning for 50 houses. Now, the first thing, Joe, that has to be paid upfront again is 7000 per house to the county council and 7000 to Irish Water. That's upfront payment as well. Now, then after that, you could pay anything from 500,000 to a million, maybe even more, to Irish water to bring the water to the outside of the site. That's upfront payment as well. You have to work then with DSB and one thing and another. Now, all these are uh, government bodies or semi-state bodies or whatever that are last to provide a service. Now, I have seen houses, Joe, that were built and bought people to move into and they those people were renting in the meantime and a lot of people that were renting the houses were starting to panic and wanted to sell these houses but the tenant couldn't leave because there was a year and a half of a wait for Irish water to connect water to the site the houses were there the grass was growing in the lawns and people couldn't get into them and the biggest problem in construction at the moment in Ireland is the government uh, agencies like Irish water and the councils, and one thing and another. They just keep stopping and slowing the whole thing down, and then you're waiting for connection to ESP, while the subcontractors that are providing the labour, the blocks, the building, and everything else, is done to 100% efficiency. Now, Joe, the question that has to be asked here, and this is a rough idea, every single, say you were building three-bed semis, every one of those houses is costing eighty to 90000 per house before you lay a block on the ground. Now, after that then, say you have to give five of those houses to the council when it's all over. And you say, well, right, I'm guaranteed money. But you have to open your books to the council to show them the cost price of those five houses. And they will pay you cost price. Now, each house is costing you 40,000 site value underneath the house. The council will pay you agricultural value. You know, it's absolutely mind-boggling. And the, the thing here, Joe, is that As I said to you, the biggest problem in Ireland is an overcrowded public sector in the local government and Irish water and everything else that have been set upon the Irish people by the government and are leaving, getting the people to to take up sticks and leave the country because you can't take any more of this, Joe. I am on sites uh, there over the last 20 years, and it was a very happy place to be. That day is long gone. Now, if my advice to you, if you did win the lotto, Joe, is to buy a greyhound or a horse. You're probably better off. You have a more chance of making money on it. Or alternatively, become a builder. And as the farmer said, I'll keep going till all the money is gone. That's where it is. Well, but it's a here, lie and a myth.
0: But here's the thing. You know, I I know of a small development. It's been put on hold. There's a lot of money gone in. The houses are built. But there's a yeah. lot. There's There's it's been put on hold because Irish water want over 350,000 to connect the water. And right. that's just put the whole thing on, on hold. And yeah. you know, you, the houses down would basically be sold for nothing if that's the case. Correct. And they're not engaging. They're not no. engaging at all. They, they right. they're not taking calls. They're not, you know, it's, it's ransom. Um, but there's one thing I always ask is, you know, I get it, a lot of people always telling me problems you know, these are the problems, these are the problems, and everyone loves a problem. Absolutely. But what is the solution? What is the solution? You know, we know that Nama basically bought everything up, paid the banks were paid, bought everything up, and then sold everything off. We know, yeah, you know, for for just to keep it. We know that the government departments are being told to do this. And what is the reason behind this? Are they trying to, you know, push everyone into the cities? Are they like even Even if you have farmland in this country, and if you don't apply for planning permission by the end of this year, next year you won't be able to uh, have planning permission because it's done away with. And the reason, say you're a farmer, or you know you have a bit of land, you want to build a granny flat or a house for your children. They're doing away with all that. They they want to stop that. I always ask the question: Why? You know, why are they doing this? What is the solution? Joe, what, what, what can people do? What, what is being done? What are people trying to tackle? Um, because, you know, the audience will be interested in finding, you know, as I say, truth and courage, truth and courage are the most important things. that, And it's all we have. It's all we have left.
1: Well, Joe, you, uh, you, you we talk about planning permission and the council and the whole lot, and they, the way they they change on a, uh, every t- couple of years that you can't build in the country, and now they want you to build in the country. You have to remember, Joe, that the first priority of county councils is that they can hold on to all the staff that they have and pay them good salaries and pay them pensions and the whole lot. That's the first thing. Now, just something there, Joe, uh, when you get a bill for commercial rates and it. He tells you that they spent they're going to spend 25 million on environmental services now nobody knows what any of this is but the most extraordinary thing on the bottom of the bill every year is from 10 to 12 million miscellaneous expenses now nobody ever asks what this is now you ask what is that I'll give you a little tiny idea there Joe friend of mine had land. And he was concerned in a small way that maybe the council might take some of it off him for a road. So he spoke to a friend of his who knew a planner. And the planner told him quite simply, he said, get his planning in as quick as possible for whatever he wants to build because the council have no money, right? So everything is down to how much money the council has on the day. Now, as you and we and everyone else knows that all all over Ireland businesses can no longer afford to pay uh, commercial rates, which, by the way, has to be unconstitutional because, God bless my father, many years ago, everybody paid commercial, everybody paid rates, including farmers and everywhere else. Now, the government decided to get elected, we'll take the rates off private houses. So they've done that. So that left the farming community and left the business community as the sole payers of rates. Now, to take, put it into perspective, if you have a 10,000-square-foot unit and you're in business, they're looking for maybe 10,000 a year off you. If you had that 10,000-square-foot uh, unit in the middle of 1,000 acres with a million euros' worth of machinery in it, your rates are zero. So to come along and say that that's fair, or fair, and I'm not knocking farmers or anything like that, I'm saying to you, we need to get to a situation where everybody is treated the same. And as regards asking the question, Joe, as uh, like, what is the... You have to remember that the construction industry was a beautiful place to work while people produced houses. We were on one site where there was 12 houses per week being built to a very, very high standard. And as I said, it was a lovely place to be. But the problem with any industry in this country, whether it be farming or wherever else, if it is going well, the parasites, cling on to it and that's what happened in the construction industry we had every conceivable like the cif we have the councils we have irish water we have everybody else that has now absolutely destroyed the construction industry and are holding up like a builder can build a house in three weeks when the council and irish water and everybody else is involved in it it'll take them three months so first of all you have to root out Every single thing that is an impediment to successful building. You're listening to
0: Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM. Crossing the Rubicon. See, this is the whole thing as well, Joe. You know, a couple of years back, the government knew that there was a slowdown in the process of building houses. So they basically allowed the builders to self-regulate themselves. And in that, it was the self-regulation of themselves, of the safety of houses. And when they did that, you know, there was documents signed, there was things never checked, and we know Priority Hall, and we know there's other apartment yeah. blocks all around the country mm-hmm. that don't have it. Yeah. So as an industry as itself, which was, was given something to self-regulate, then really screwed it up. Because if they had, by doing that and screwing it up, it affects the judgment of every other part of that industry as well. So if, I, if you argue that with anyone, they could say to you, it's an industry that needs to be worked on, but it's definitely not, it, it's not to be trusted to self-regulate. Because, and you said it there as well, you know, you get the parasites coming in and, you know, the greed, we know it's the greed. So like, does the whole system have to be just collapse? And, re, you know, I don't think you can stick a band aid on something that's broken. No, because that no. doesn't work. You can't stick it. On, I think no. that I think you have to have a whole new model and that model then has to be built on trust and ethics and morals and everything as well, which unfortunately we don't have. So what do we do? What what what's the alternative? Do we just still say silent in consent and go, well, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. It's all broken anyway. It's all piece of shit. Yeah, Or do we go, we need to change? We need to change.
1: Well, Joe, we need to change things in its entirety for a start. We need to change the government, the, the type of government that we have in the country, because what you were saying there is 100% right, that regarding the self regulation and all that. Now, the one thing that has made, remained true to their task from day one has been the actual people like you know the, the and I, I i just don't like banging on about the self-employed and the the subcontractors but over the years to watch the work that these people can do and then you have an engineer that's after spending 10 years in in, in college or something like that that has no idea what he's talking about that comes in there and and spruce the whole thing up leave it to the people that can build the houses yeah but joe I know what you're saying there, but to give you an example now, we now find ourselves in a complete and total disaster regarding the construction industry. Now, as far as I would go, I would say the construction industry is dead, absolutely dead. And Dara O'Brien decided to come up with this Houses for All there uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what does he do? He puts it in charge of... A group of people that are former county managers, worked for NAMA, were accountants, worked for county councils and what have you. So these are not appointed to change things. These are appointed to become ball bearers for what is dead, which is the construction industry. And you said there, we have to close it down, Joel.
0: Is there any building trade um, professionals on that committee?
1: Not at all. I, I just I won't mention names. The first guy is uh, he is an MA in local government. Now, what the hell that's going to do? From I don't know. That'll tell you how to spend people's money and waste it. He was a member of chief executive of a county council. The next guy he was on the national assets management. Worked in banking before that. The next one is the principal officer in the Department of Expenditure and Reform. The next one is a principal officer in the Department of Housing, which is, a, is, is a, something that you wouldn't like on your CV, the planning division of the department. The next one is local authority, uh, Department of Dublin City Council. The next one is president of the Construction Industry Federation, as much use as a national and a the Then you have chief executive of another county council. And finally, chairperson of the Housing Finance Agency, raises finance on international markets on behalf of local authorities you see joe what me and you discussed earlier on about the rates and the rates not being paid any longer because businesses can't pay them this document and this housing for all is another way of laundering money back into government and back into local government because you have to ask the question for every billion that is spent on housing, how much of it actually finds its way into a home for your son or daughter?
0: Okay, so what about the big grant or the the big the announcement that they're going to give, you know, X billion to the building trade?
1: Where does that go? Yeah. Uh, that, Joe, is, as I said to you, it costs 80000 for every single house before a block is laid on the house, On that. So basically they give this and it goes back in? It go, Correct. It goes back to pay bonuses for Irish Water uh, county managers. Uh, it raises the the, the salaries in the DSB and the whole lot.
0: But and then does that not drop the price? Because they've given those grants, does that not drop the
1: price of the houses going up? Yeah, from going up. Not at all, Joe. When there, when there's more money becomes available, houses will go up in price. Now, you have to start, Joe, at the very bottom here. There's no point in starting. You have to remember who was one of the main culprits in the destruction of Ireland and the construction industry was the banking system. The banking system is now coming along and they're telling you they're back in Brave and they're doing this, that and the other. They are once again up in their salaries, they're up in their bonuses and the whole lot. And we have for years... Uh, through a group to set up a thing called the public banking forum and you would have had the guys on with you there and these guys went to the government and they were told no we're not going to do anything that might upset the central bank we need a government-backed public banking system in this country for a start which will give affordable mortgages where people can buy a house pay a mortgage at way way less hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands less over the over the life of a mortgage which means that the young people have a life and this has this is where you start with the first we have to stop the dependence on a an insolvent banking system
0: now go on sorry john yeah no i i understand that and i get it you know like going back to the county councils the biggest department in county councils is the housing department yeah you know and what's what's happening as well is and you know we're of a nation that want our own houses, but yeah. for some reason we're being pushed into, into the, in the cities we're pushed into renting because these big vulture funds that are buying these big properties, big apartment blocks are not selling them. They're all going in for rent because you can see the profit yeah. there. But what one thing is that, you know, people now who get their wage you know, the majority of their wage is going on their mortgage or on their rent. You know so they're basically looking for bigger income wages, yeah, yeah so they can get their house, which then that money they can go back into the system. like it's a, it's, it's a hamster wheel that I think is wrong that if if the, if the housing if the housing industry was one of the industries that were sorted out, people would not need as much money to pay into these mortgages, mm. and then they could have more money on consuming spending. Because I know there's people living in houses and 60, 70% of their income goes on the mortgage. Yeah. You know, and the prices in the cities are bonkers. You know, it's, it's, yeah. if you go further to the West Coast and all, you know, you get something reasonable. Yeah. But the wages in those areas as well are down. If I was to give you a magic wand yeah. and I said, Joe, I'm now department of let's fix all the screw ups here yeah. in the government and I'm giving you a blank piece of paper with a pen, and you give me three things that we should do to make changes. What would it be?
1: Well, first of all, I'd get rid of Irish Water. And secondly, I'd get rid of the parent company of Irish Water, which is the county councils. And uh, the third thing, I would set up a public banking system that would facilitate the building of houses. Joe, you see, at the start there, it was... It's probably, uh, and I, by the way, would not be a fan of uh, the actual end game of the builders, you know. And I I know I knew a lot of them personally down over the years, but they're being vilified. And I don't know why they don't come out and say this is nonsense. Like I was uh, talking to somebody lately and we were working out what a person would get on a house at the end of everything. If everything went according to plan, they might pull 20,000 out of... Uh, now, if you were doing 30 houses, you're putting all the money you have on the line to get 600,000 back out. It's a big ask and it's a big amount of money and people are going moving away further, Joe, from it all the time. But all the money that is spent on houses goes to Irish Water, the County Council. Now, just one thing, Joe, there... To let you know that a county council that I know, that has 70 frontline staff, has 75 engineers. Now, when I worked on a site that was finishing 12 houses a week, there was one, two, and sometimes, if there was major pressure, three engineers on the house on a housing company that was building 12 houses per week. Now, what I noticed over the years in the in the construction industry was that if you looked for planning a one-off or whatever the case may be, it always went to further information. So I decided I had an inkling that this was creating jobs for some of the engineers to do. So I sent a freedom of information letter to the County Council asking how many uh, planning applications had been made in the three previous years. Number two, of all the planning that went in, how many went back for further information? And of the ones that went back for further information, how many went back via the planners or how many went back via the engineering department? And I said, I laughed when I was sending it and said to anybody I was talking to, they'll give me two of them. I'll never get the one regarding whether it was the planning or the engineering department. It did. And that's exactly what happened. They wouldn't tell me because the engineers were sending this back. You can't reverse out on the road here. That held the job up for two months and let them tit around there for two months. And then you got your planning permission. The whole thing, Joe, is it has driven the important people away from building. You know, you could I, I remember some time ago building a couple of houses and I finished the houses for something in the region uh, from ground, from foundation up. I finished those houses ready to rent. And I'm talking about fully furnished garden sheds, the whole lot for 148,000. I could have got, they weren't mine, but I could have got 400,000 all day long for them, you know, because I done not myself in the sense that I didn't waste anything and it can be done. But when you bring Irish water in on top of you, you bring the councils in on top of you, you bring all the, these uh, uh, parasites in on top of you, it pushes up the, house, the price of houses.
0: Look, the Irish water, we know, um, like if people looked into you know, the data centres and yeah. the amount of water that has been used in the data centres and who's covering the bill for that and the electricity, it'll be shocking. And, and we're going to be doing a show on that. Um, coming up in the next couple of weeks as well, which uh, we're, we're researching on that. And that's shocking. You know, it's, yeah. you know, who, what they are and who's funding them. And, you know, it's, it's the, the guy in the street that's feeling the, feeling the pain from that.
1: Yeah. I passed by one yesterday, Joe, an actual fact. And it's taking up acres and acres and acres of ground, and it's going to pull so much electricity out of the grid. Yeah. And there's 14 people going to work on it.
0: Yeah, and you know? and the worst thing is when they're talking about you know a shortage of you know power cuts because of winter and all. You know, yeah, the, you know the, the amount of data centers they were meant to be self sufficient. You know, solar yeah. panels and everything, but now they're yeah, feeding into yeah. the grid.
1: But Joe, it was funny. Now, just one thing there, I just wanted to run by you was particular sites now that we would have worked on over the years, over the last three years, we say. Now, a lot of these were bought by the cuckoo funds, which were making massive pensions for uh, people in America and wherever, while the Irishman was getting very little out of it. But the biggest concern of all is that when these uh, vulture funds come in and say they they build 100 houses, they rent those houses on a 20-year lease to the county councils. Yeah. and they could be getting sixteen hundred or two thousand a month for those houses. Correct. Then they hand them out at maybe sixty euros per week. Yeah. And they are doing a fantastic job. We're after uh, finishing a hundred houses, and we now have a hundred people out of hotels in these. Who's paying the other eighteen or nineteen hundred? The taxpayer. Correct. But also,
0: but also, right. then and the the county council have to maintain these, and yeah. then at the end the council then can buy them off the vulture funds.
1: Correct, so, or give them back.
0: I give them back. So it's the people. Yes. Yeah. You know, it would have been cheaper if the council built them, maintained yes. them, instead of the funding on them. That's you Well, know, the, I don't know
1: about cheaper, Joe, because it would take the council probably 100% time, extra time to do that the ordinary person can build. But I'm saying, Joe, they just need to talk to the right people to know what they're talking about. But what you have to realise here is that in the last number of decades, the government no longer done the jobs they were elected for, which was representing the people. They have not done that. They have allowed the Chinese to buy Ireland. They have allowed the American vulture funds in. Everything we had, our fishing and everything, has been given away. And people come along and say, oh, I should look, but only for Europe we wouldn't have the roads we have. Drive out across the rural roads and see what roads we have. Nonsense. Well,
0: the roads are shattered around the country. But, you know, and that's the thing. We've been led to believe we're the poor amounts of Europe, where we're actually, you know, land and water. We're the richest country in Europe. Sure, um, yeah. And we've been led to believe cap in hand. And people are going, oh, yeah, but, you know, Europe has bought us this. Our head of population, we own more money to Europe than any other country. And yes. we are the richest country in, in Europe. Europe as well. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're being told one thing and... You know the truth is there as well, and as Correct. I say to you, we are allowing it to be happen because of of you know silence is consent. You know that's yeah. That's, but Joe, that's Joe, we are,
1: and you, yeah, you spoke to James Miller and Seamus May and the, like that. Great, absolutely great people. Now we we have a. I personally set up a trade union free member free membership for self employed to try and do something about it, and even as the fella said, giving it away, you can't get people to get motivated. But we actually set up a thing there a year ago or so, which was the platform.ie. And it's our intention to, at the moment, we're setting up groups all over the country with experts in, there's no point in coming along and saying to a fella, now James, you played a great game of football last Sunday. You kicked the ball out from out along the sideline. I want you to come on board with me. That day is long gone. The day is that you need somebody that's an expert in construction to talk about construction. You know, somebody that has not alone talk to talk, but walk to walk, because I can tell you, Joe, the amount of people that leave building sites at the weekend and spend the entire Saturday and Sunday trying to figure out how the God hell am I going to go back in on Monday morning to take this again? It's been absolutely horrendous because of the lack of money and the lack of funding and the money going to the wrong places. You know, as I said, yeah, start a building site and pay up front to Irish Water and the council while the Soviets are working for a month or two months before they get a yeah, cent.
0: Th- th- look, I, I, we've got about five minutes left, Joe.
1: Yeah.
0: The, the one thing that I think that centralizing everything, the, the more I learn about this and the more we, I, I discover our history, you know centralizing everything was a disaster,, um, yes. and I think it's really that community base is important, and it's even though it's you know it's the counselors now here's the thing sometimes when we talk about this, we think that there's bad people in places there is bad people in places, but there's also good people and people you know if if I was ever to go for, as a counselor or you know which I would never do um I would go in as good intention. And there's lots of yeah. people like, you know, you and me in county councils or in government who have joined it for the right reason. But yeah. the system is a beast. Correct. And it's not the people, it's the system is the beast. Yeah. And that swallows them up and spins them around and they just get eaten up in it. So I think what really needs, that's why I always say, to, so someone asked me today, it says it's not about getting people in and putting people under the table. Um, Feed under the table for negotiation I, in my own personal opinion only i think that the table needs to be broke in half because it has gone on beyond spiraling more yes. than we can imagine yeah. and yeah. this entity system has got so big that it's engulfing the normal man and woman of this country we talk yeah. about you know, people talking about Facebook getting too big or, you know, mm-hmm. Google getting too big and there's companies want, we need to, if some company gets so big, it needs to be dismantled. And they did that with the HSC. It got so big that they they changed it into the HSC, but it was still a monster. That when we talk about these governments and these apartments and, you know, these private companies, we know they're a monster. Our own system that is running this country is the yeah. monster. Yeah. And it needs to be it needs to be put in a box and locked yeah. away and a, and a new one needs to be raised. It really, it, you know, this yeah. is it. Yeah. The, the demon is in the detail here. That's what yes. it is. And I I, yeah. I think that's what we, we need to do. So
1: but Joe, just to let your, your, your listeners know there, as I said to you, I'm very enthusiastic regarding the platform.ie and our intentions to run people in the next election. As independents, under the flag of the platform, which has fifteen or twenty things that you, simple things that everybody agrees with every day, and we the the, the party political system is dead. It has completely ruined uh, the, the country, and we need people that are listening out there that had never had any intentions to come on board. Politically. Now, I'm too old to go thinking of, 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 of politics, but I can assure you one thing. There is young people out there and people that are absolutely brilliant in different organizations. We need them to come on board to change the country, because other than that, it is most definitely not going to change.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, you and me aren't going to save this country. No, know, it's no. the generation in their 20s and 30s yeah, yeah. that are going to save us.
1: If they, which, want like, they want to say, they want to we it. spoke beforehand about uh, the the figures and the demographic graphic. Like, if you take, we we'll say three million people eligible to vote, just take that figure, fifty percent turn up one and a half million. To get elected, you need fifty-one percent, which is seven hundred and fifty thousand. When the people that have been granted. Grace and favour in this country. There's more than 750,000 of them. So you're on a winner straight away. So it's not the people that are voting that's causing the problem here. It's the people that are not voting, number one. Number two, what you said, Joe, is 100% right. It's not the people, it's the system. It End of story. Yeah. But, Joe, we can, we can, we just need help. People need to come on board because we're on the slippery slope to destruction.
0: We and are indeed. And if they do
1: that, we promise we will build houses that are affordable. And every young person in this country will be able to have a life along with a house.
0: And and just give us the name of that platform that you have where there's great articles on It's the
1: platform.ie.
0: Platform.ie. The
1: platform.ie. And there's a, there's a website up and running there. Come on board. Get rid of this before it's too late for every one of us. Perfect. Thanks, Joe. Been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you very much.
0: That's it, folks. Next week we are going to speak to someone else in a different industry. And look, this is all about just maybe you sparking your curiosity, do a bit of lateral thinking and ask the question, why, 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 why? And ask the question, am I consenting because of my silence? And the answer to that is yes. If you don't like something and you say nothing, they take it as you've consented and it will roll ahead. So be very careful. Until next week. Take care and look after yourself. And remember, here at Dublin South of M we're interviewing plenty of people around the world, conscious leaders, and that's why we have the Conscious Business Podcast, which is part of the Conscious Business Academy, offering purpose, profit and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing, conscious leadership, and creative culture. If you want to reach out to me? It's Joe You have an awesome week and take care and look after yourself.